Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, Pete Kresak joins us, uh, wakes us from our slumber, shakes us out of our cave, pulls us from our uh, nice cozy bed, and uh, gives us the lowdown on what he's been up to, including a uh, just a you know solo solo four hour fifty k, uh, just running up and down the roads of Ithaca, New York. So. Yeah, I guess that's going to be a good time. But before we get into that, you know, let's answer the obvious question. Yes, I have watched WandaVision. Yes, I have watched The Mandalorian. Yes, my son and I did watch the entire uh, season or series of Psych over the months of January or December and January. So uh, now that we answered all those questions, I guess... uh, Let's talk to Pete. Hey, how you doing, Chris? Thanks for thanks for the intro there. Um, I've not watched any of those shows to date, or most of them I don't even know what they are yet. <laughs> well, Psych was a show from like 2007 to 2013. Um, very fun guy who pretended to be a psychic, uh, you know, and then was like was a consultant for the Santa Barbara police. But overall, just a fun show. And I guess I said December and January, but I don't remember much of December and January. Um, so it was more like February and March that we watched them. But, you know, just watch one episode, one episode per night. But that kid yeah. got he got spoiled because, you know, he doesn't he doesn't understand what an like end of season cliffhanger is. Yeah. He's grown up, he's 10, right? So he's grown up in the world where like something ends and you start the next one. He doesn't know like it's March and the show's over and you got to wait until September to find out what happens next. <laughs> he doesn't get that. How old is he? He's uh, 10. So I have 10 and a half uh, year old twins. Right. Okay. It reminds me of when I was a kid and I saw um, Empire Strikes Back for the first time when I was like six or seven. And I didn't realize it was the second part of a trilogy. So I thought it, thought it ended with like Han getting frozen, Vader cutting off Luke's hand and then flying away. And like that was the end of the movie. <laughs> You're like worst ending ever. Yeah, I remember it was like really sad for a week or two. And then I saw, the, uh, I saw Return of the Jedi and I was like, oh, OK, yeah, this is a lot better. Yeah, can you imagine if you were, you know, back in the day and, you know, like 70, 77 happens and like there it is, a new hope, and you're like, what's so new hope about this, man? Like, well, when the original Star Wars came out, it was just called Star Wars. They didn't add the new hope until a few years later when they made it into a trilogy because originally it was just going to be a one off. Well, if you believe the stories, it was always meant to be nine movies, always. They just only bought a contract for one, but George Lucas always had nine in his head. If you believe what he says. Yeah. But I don't think he had that in mind when he, uh, when the first movie came out in theaters. No, I, I don't think that he was like, I'm going to make, I'm going to start off my life's work by talking about chapter uh, episode four. That's how this is going to all go down. I, I just, yeah. re- I refuse to believe that he, he chose, you know, like we're going to start at four, we're going to go to six and then we're going to do three more. And th- but they're going to before the other one. Like I just, I don't buy it. Well, then there's a holiday special in there too. No, there wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I 
<laughs> no, there wasn't. <laughs> we should just do a new podcast it's called Star Wars Inside Out. Yeah, called Come At Me, Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, so that's one thing that is uh, a little disappointing to, not disappointing, my son doesn't disappoint me. I am bummed that he doesn't like Star Wars. Like, he does not, he is not, he is like adverse to Star Wars. It's yeah. Does not like it. Do not want zero out of five stars would not buy. Wow. Yeah. I was all about it when I was 10 and from the Mm -hmm. sounds of it, you probably were too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't, I mean, I don't know. He's, he says it's scary, but it's not like he doesn't even say the scary parts are scary. Like, (laughs) you know, like, I don't know. So, you know, to each their own, he doesn't like, uh, neither of my kids liked Harry Potter either. So, I don't know. Well, if you uh, did you make the mistake of showing him the movies in chronological order, starting with Phantom Menace? Because then that would ruin the whole experience. I, I would never do. Th- you know what? How do you? Yeah. I thought I thought okay. you knew me, Pete. I thought you knew me. No, I would not. Um, actually, I don't even know if I if if I could have. I don't. I think I would have avoided him knowing that Phantom Menace existed. But. Yeah. Okay, well, it's been a while, so I didn't know if you. I didn't know you. I didn't know if you had changed uh, like that in the past yeah, year. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I've I've gotten soft over the past year. I just let him do. <laughs> I let him do whatever he wants. You know. But yeah, I was excited that he wanted to watch Psych, and then uh, so I introduced him to Chuck, and I was like, "What do you think about this?" And we watched two episodes, and he's like, "I don't know." He wants to wanted to finish off Psych, so I think we'll go back to it though. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, uh, all right, Uh, welcome to, uh, you know, Star Wars and other media inside and out. It's pretty great. Yeah, and thanks for having (laughs) me on. Um, I know it's been uh, a while in the making, and I'm honored to be the first person uh, back since you brought the podcast back, so uh, I think it was well worth the wait, at least on my end. Yeah, you know, and thanks for thanks for being willing to uh, jump in, uh, you know, and and get, knock all the dust off off the wheels and see what happens. You know, we're going like a uh, couch to couch to forty k today. I think that's what that's what we're doing here. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. So speaking of which, I mean, you know, now people know that you have some Star Wars cred. Uh, so, and I did say in the intro, you're from Ithaca, New York. Um, mm-hmm. So tell, you know, tell me a little bit about like, what do you, if somebody, you know, if somebody wants the, the Pete Kresok elevator pitch, what's uh what's the summary of Pete? Uh, for running or for all things not running or <laughs> yeah. just by uh, what I think about various aspects of Star Wars. Well, it's, it all started when I was three years old, you see. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. So, so you like to you're you like to run trails. You uh, you're an ultra runner. You're part of Finger Lakes uh, Trail Runners Club. You know the the facts, the F's and B's, right? What's what? What do people need to? Why do why do the serious runners need to keep listening to this episode? Um, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I'm a serious runner by any means, but um, I never ran competitively when I was younger or really at any point in my life. Um, I just started for exercise when I was in college. And uh, there was a a day that I remember like it was yesterday when um, um, I had a roommate who had previously run high school cross country like a couple of years before. 
and he just beaten me at like a, a friendly tennis match um, on the campus. And then there was a track, a 400 meter track nearby. So he's like, Hey, I want to jog a couple laps around the track, like just for fun. So I'm like, all right, I don't want this guy to show me off again. Like he just, he just beat me in this uh, tennis match. So I don't want him to like show me up and outrun me, you know? And then we did one loop and I was totally winded uh, in like less than a quarter of a mile. That so was like a wake up call to how, out of shape I was. And then I just kind of got in it from there and started exercising, you know, a mile or two at a time um, to try to get in better shape. Um, Cause I was, you know, I was like 21 or 22 at the time. Um, and then it just took off from there. Yeah. And so you, you know, like you, you know, that's, that's still not like a, a late in life. I mean, you're still in college as you're running. So that's pretty all right. You know, you still, yeah. got, you still got young legs. Yeah, I was mostly I was really just running roads for a while too until um, I think it was around 2011. I discovered trail running, and then I started running marathons and ultras not too long after that. Yeah. So what was your uh, so you you what was your first marathon? So the first marathon was the Empire State Marathon over in Syracuse. That was October 2011. Nice. And. Um, yeah, I hurt so bad, like the last 10 K or so. And I, I was able to squeak in under four hours and I was, I felt like I just won Boston or something like after that, I was like, I was hustled at the end. I broke four hours by like a few seconds, I think. And uh, for all I was concerned, I might've, you know, just won like the Olympics or whatever. Um, and then as soon as I was walking again, the next, the next couple of days, I was looking for another one to sign up for. Just like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of first time trail runners, or yeah, first time trail, there's, you see where my head is at. A lot of, um, first time marathon runners, like they set that four hour goal. You know, I know that's what I set as my four hour goal, and, uh-huh. uh, but I didn't, I didn't do it the right way. I, um, well, I did. I mean, I trained well and I went with the four hour pace group and everything was going well. And then at like mile nine, uh, in the Rochester marathon, you hop onto the canal. Well, the old course, you'd hop onto the canal. And right when we got on the canal, like I had to pee. And so I stopped at the porta potty in Penfield and the pace group, you know, they didn't, they're, it's not there. They, they didn't wait. I don't know. Um, of course not. <laughs> so, so, um, I come out and I'm like, ah, oh, man, that was a long pee. Why, why are the ones during races always the longest piece? And so I, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to catch up to them, but I'm not going to go super fast, but I want to catch up to them, you know, cause I wanted to stay on the four hour pace. And I think I caught up to them too quickly, you know, cause then I got up to them and I'm like winded and they're all like, do, 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 do. And I'm like, shit, now I'm four hour pace, but yeah. I'm all, um, and so, um, mile 20, like 22 or, you know, or so when you get in the Genesee Valley park, I got the the dreaded right hamstring cramp and it just sort of croup and oh. um and the group didn't wait for me again and I, I don't know what their problem was <laughs> um and uh so I ended up having to do like a run walk and so I I was like I want to say you know like oh I was I was on 4 hour pace but really I was on 4 hour pace for for 9 miles um <laughs> so I finished like a 417 you know, but still had that four hour goal, you know? And so yeah. you, you got it. You should have celebrated like you had, you know, won the Olympics. 
<laughs> yeah, and then I, from there, I think I did another one. Uh, that was in October, and then I did this winter one in Albany that I've done several times uh, in February. Um, that's like the ugliest, most boring marathon course you can imagine. Um, but it's one that I've always loved because it's so low key and like you can sign up day of for like 20 bucks and there's maybe like anywhere, like anywhere from like 20 to 80 people, depending on the weather that day. Well, with the sale, with a salesperson like, like you, man, you know, they're, (laughs) they're really, they're going to, their numbers are going to skyrocket now. The ugliest, most boring marathon ever, says Pete Creason. Yeah, it's five, <laughs> five laps around these like Albany State Office buildings um, in the middle in like early February. Uh, but the thing is, like in, around upstate New York, there aren't that many marathons to train for like in the winter. So that was the reason I did that one. I've actually gone back and done it. I think five or six times since. Yeah, well, that's kind of neat. Then I guess you know it's they don't all have to be pretty scenic. You know, vistas running running along the, you know, cliffs and Big Sur, you know, or things like that. Well, yeah, I mean, for 20 bucks there, you get what you pay for. But like, they had some good food at the end, though, so it was totally worth it. <laughs> uh, you get what you pay for, says Pete Kresak. <laughs> oh, you are you are really selling it, buddy. That's good. I, I love it because there are some ugly races that I that I really, you know, I kind of just, they, they warm your heart, you know, like it's just people putting on, like, let's get together and run at this place. You know, that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Why not? All right. Um, I want to go and we're, we're in the way back machine, but so the first time that, uh, you and I met, like you have a very distinct voice, like, you know, people that know you know you, right. Cause they, they can hear you. Uh, they just go, I just heard Pete. Um, okay. Like, I don't know. That's, that's how I feel. I, I, I know when I hear, that's how I hear you most of the, That's how I recognize that you're around whenever I'm, you know, we're at an event yeah. or something is like, I hear, right. okay. I hear yeah. you. It's not like I see you first often. I don't know. Just, well, I actually, I've kind of thought about the same thing about you, which is the lead in <laughs> to the first time that I met you in person. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. So it was at beast, beast of burden 20, like 24. 16? The winter one in 2016, and like, I remember this distinctly. Um, I had just finished the 50 miler, and then um, you know I got got some food and everything, and hung out for a little bit at the end. And my wife was there waiting for me. She went to go warm up the car because it was probably like you know it was like 20 degrees, and it was probably like nine o'clock at night. We had like a three hour drive home, um, and then I went into like the like this warm like changing area. There was like a heated bathroom or something. I was getting ready to change or like I was started changing for the ride home and I could hear you. I could hear somebody talking like outside the bathroom. I was like, I think I recognize that voice. Like I listened to several episodes of the podcast by that point, like when you only had maybe eight to 10 episodes out. Um, But I had no idea. I didn't know who you were. I didn't know what you looked like. So then I came out and I was like, shit. I almost walked by and I was like, no, because if it's not this podcast guy, I'm going to feel like a complete idiot. Um, and then I like went back in and I was like, hey, any chance, are you this podcast host? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, is your name Chris? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I've been listening to your show for a while and I recognize your voice. Yeah, that was the first the first celebrity sighting. Uh, but it, it was funny because as, as I remember it, I mean, it's like two in the morning. Like it's super late at night. No, I wasn't, it definitely wasn't that late. I don't know. I remember it being very late. I don't know, but 
I know you're like, dude, I didn't take all night to run a 50 miler. Stop it. <laughs> you and Michael Malone were there to crew uh, yeah. somebody in the hundred, right? And you were going to, you were there all night afterward. Yeah. It was Sean, Sean story. And uh, right. okay. so, so yeah, we were all hanging out in like the warm area, like, and, and maybe it wasn't super light, but I remember it being super light, but I remember that whole race being super light. Like there, uh, there <laughs> that whole race was in the middle of the night as, as far as I'm concerned. But I remember you like taking, you're taking a drink of water from the water fountain and you're like, Hey, do you have a podcast? <laughs> and, and everybody around just started like, cause they all know. Right. And they just started laughing <laughs> And they were, they were clowning me the whole, like it would be three in the morning and, and we'd be sitting around waiting for Sean. And one of the, one of the people there would turn to me and be like, Hey, do you have a podcast? <laughs> so yeah. And it was, it was good. It made me feel like, you know, um, in a way, cause you know, obviously you don't advertise the podcast or anything. And it was only at that point, like six months old, and so it made me, you know, feel like, hey, people are actually going to going to listen to this thing. And to be honest, that was what I thought of when I last week when I was like, hey, let's do this um, was because I was like, who better to jump back into this thing with than <laughs> than Pete? You know, like, let's let's stumble through this thing together and figure out figure out what we come out with. Yeah. So the, uh, you know, from there it was like, you know, it was love at, love at first sight. We've sort of bumped into each other in uh, in <laughs> Ithaca and Rochester, you know, here and there, various events. Yeah. I think you were doing Cayuga trails that year and you came down a couple of times for some training runs. And then I yep. started going up, going up to Rochester to run stuff up there. Yep. And then I, uh, I ran one of the races we actually did do together. Well, together, you were like an hour ahead of me. It was like the Tom B. Right. So that was fun up in Ithaca. Oh, you did. I don't remember you running that. You did. Yeah, exactly. You don't remember me running. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. Um, and that was, uh, yeah. Um, I think one of the only, like I've run, I've run Tabi, I've run Cayuga a couple of times. Um, I ran tortoise in the hair, uh, two years ago. You know, so I, I've gotten yeah. gotten down there here and there a little bit, and then you know you've you've always made it up for the Menden fifty k. Yeah, I've been up for that a couple of times. I've done WTF and um, mm-hmm. Webster. Yeah. So so what is it? Why do you think you know? Because this there is this is a thing. Why do you think uh, Ithaca and Rochester runners get along so well? Um, a lot of trail runners for one thing. You know. Um, like-minded just like-minded people you know everybody seems to be out there and have a good time like trail runners in general don't seem to be like you know very type a about training or even like not even as competitive in general as say like road runners or triathletes or even cyclists um and i don't know like you guys have a lot of cool races up there we have a lot down here so there's a lot of crossover um yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's not really any one specific reason. Yeah, and I think I think two hours is you know two hours is far enough away to where you can have fond memories, but you you you're not like oh I go there all the time, you know. Like it's yeah, it's good enough to stay to stay novel, and you know especially down in down in Ithaca, there's really cool like 
things to do in addition to that, that you don't have to be like, oh, we're going to do this, but you're just like, yeah, well, hey, we're here. We're going to stop at this place. We're going to see this thing. We're going to go over there and do that, you know? And I would think for, you know, as far as Ithaca goes, like when you come up here, there's lots of people that you've seen from all over, right? It's not just like three or four people. Like Exactly. There, you know, there's a whole bunch of people that you can bump into at any given time. So it makes it sort of like a variety that way as well. Um, yeah, it's absolutely right. I totally agree with that. There's probably a bunch of people shouting, shouting into their podcast player right now being like, no, it's none of that. You idiot. It's these things. <laughs> they're, they're different people than the ones that were yelling at us about Star Wars. Though. <laughs> it's also, it's also fun where you can do like a sub, like travel up there or you, like you guys come down here and do a sub marathon race and then you're done before lunch and you can stay and hang out the rest of the day and like see what there is to do around town. Yeah. That's, that's a really, um, I, and I also like that it can be a day trip, you know, like you're down and you're yeah. back and, you know, um, but I often, I often spend the night though, you know, like for Cayuga, we've always spent the night. Um, yeah, I've been down, stayed with a few friends just because I'm like, well, you know, there's a lot to do. Let's make a whole, you know, and of course you get, you get a couple IPAs and you're hanging around, then you decide maybe, <laughs> maybe you should stay for, for the evening, you know? Yeah, it's usually a good decision then. Yeah. So. What race, I guess, if you were to if you were to pick a race that you could do this year up in Rochester, what race would you pick? Um, are you talking about like the city or like Monroe County, like yeah. specifically? Whatever, or, whatever, like, whatever strikes your fancy. You you get to do a race up here this year. There, you're like, oh, they're having it, and I feel good about going to it, and I'm going to sign up and I'm going to do it. Yeah, well, I don't know if Twisted Branch counts or if that's too far out, but <laughs> if that race does go off, I think I'm going to be doing it. We are we are doing our best. Uh, it it yeah. it all it is all in the plans to make it happen this year. Um, we deferred registration out till June so that we could feel really good about. Um, the, the information that we gave people, mm -hmm. um, because uh, we, you know, you put it out in February and you say the race is going to be like this and then, um, everybody signs up. And then in April you say, well, things change. The race is going to be like this. And then people are like, oh, I don't want to do it. Or more people are like, oh, if I would have known that I would have signed up. Yeah. So then you go, okay, June, like we're two months away. We promise that probably maybe the race is going to be like this, you know? Meanwhile, Scott McGee gets like 45 emails a day. Like, hey, what's the status? <laughs> uh, is this race happening? Yes, he does. Uh, and, he yeah, is, and he's probably pulling his hair out over that right now. He is actually, I mean, the thing about, again, like you said, the trail running community, like he's getting questions, you know, and yeah. um, he's answering those with the best information that he has and people are chill about it, you know, like, yeah, they understand. Yeah. I mean, we want to make the right decisions, right? So we, we don't want to tell people, um, you know, that one thing is going to happen and you know, like, uh, th take camping. We don't want to say one thing about camping and then the rules change and we have to say another thing about camping right? or, or gear transfer or tents right. or food or registration. Right. There's so many things that people, I mean, one thing trail runners do like to do is um, know what's going to happen as far as the logistics of their race, right? You're starting a 4am race in uh, you know, a remote kind of area you want to be able to plan for that. You know, you might want to ride home or know where some dry clothes are going to be at the end, you know, those kind of things. 
Sure. And it's a long race. Some people it's going to take 18 to 20 hours and uh, a lot of work that goes into it. I know. Um, and if they end up having to change too much because of COVID, you know, maybe the race could still happen, but it, it wouldn't be the twisted branch experience. Like if, you know, if there's no camping and a uh, limited number of people and so on and so forth, like maybe the race could happen, but it, it wouldn't be twisted branch without like all these other aspects that set it apart, like from every other race and or the reason that like people want to run it in the first place. Yeah, and one of the other things about Twisted Branch, and we were we were just recently joking about this, is it is what it it is what it is because we've made a series of good we've made a series of decisions along the way, right? Like when when faced with a choice between two or more things, we made this particular choice, right? Right. And in and in the beginning, Scott made all the decisions, right? Year one, there wasn't a we, right? There was Scott. <laughs> and like, yeah, there were some people like helping, but you know, uh, it's the way it is because of what it's been, right. It's been, um, try to make the best decision for the time. Right. And so in, in that regards, it will be twisted branch. <laughs> it might, it might just be, it might be a little bit more twisted branch, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's just tightly twisted or it's loosely, who knows, you know, but, um, yeah, I, I think that that's important to, uh, to, to think about the spirit of the race as well. You know, um, when some of your favorite things change about a race, you might be like, ah, they did this. I used to love when they did that, but every year it's somebody's first twisted branch. Right. So, right. I don't know. It's, uh, I think all races are going through this sort of identity thing this year, you know, and some, some will be lucky enough to happen and some will change what they do dramatically. I bet you there's even going to be new races this year that don't even care about what they used to be because this is their first one, you know? Yeah. So to answer your question, uh, if Twisted Branch does happen, I will uh, be on the starting line for that. And that's the one that I'm, the one of your way that I'm most looking forward to for 21. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's definitely a good one. A good one to look forward to. I'd like to say, you know, um, I, I mean, I always say I'm looking forward to Cayuga Trail, right? Like that's, I'm just always looking forward to that race. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I'll be anywhere near doing a 50 miler at that point. 50K and there's even the, the Lucifer's Crossing short course. It's like uh, six and a half miles or so. That's the, that's going to happen on the same day this year? Yeah. Um, it happened on the same day last year as well uh, when mm. Cayuga got pushed back from its original day. He merged the two, uh, and he's keeping it like that again this year. Cool. So you can come down, run, you know, six miles around Treeman Park, uh, be done like late morning, and then hang out for the day. Yeah, I mean, I I'm fairly certain that I will go down to Cayuga. I'm not sure that I'll be that I'll be running it though. Right. Um, but I did, you know, two years ago. I mentioned the tortoise and the hare race. Um, yeah. I. I very much enjoyed that, which is the day after Cayuga, uh, its traditional date, right? Yeah, this year it's actually uh, the next weekend. Okay. So I think it's the Saturday after Cayuga, like June 5th, right. June 5th, I think. Right, Cayuga is May 29th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, Tortoise and the Hare, which is, for people that don't know about Tortoise and the Hare, you start at the bottom of the falls, and you start in a little yeah. nice little pretty park, you run one little loopy loop around the park and then a nice mile and a quarter to warm up and you go 
about five straight up, like 500 feet and less than a mile. Uh, and then there's some fun single track around the top and then you're on 500 feet straight back down to the finish. Yeah. And that uphill is not, it's not your traditional, um, going up buttermilk falls as Cayuga would. It is going up the service road. Um, and it goes, it goes much steeper than, than, uh, buttermilk does. And it, you know, it gets your, uh, it gets your heart pumping a little bit. Yeah, but the first 200 meters are paved, so you you get a little you get a break there. You get a break, paved uphill, yeah, <laughs> paved uphill service road. It's a real break. Um, but I I really did enjoy that uh, a little tiny race in the park, um, running a different part of the that park than I, I usually run, and just mm-hmm. seemed really low key and uh, cool people. So that would be one I would like to get down there to do. I think it's right it's right in my. Uh, sort of my distance and the number of people I'm willing to hang out with and, uh, you know, familiar enough, but still new enough to me. Um, so yeah, that would yeah. be fun. Yeah. It looks like that race is definitely going to be happening this year on, uh, June, what did I say? June 5th. Yeah. Um, so I'm on the, I'm on the, uh, board of directors for the finger lakes runners club. And we just had a board meeting a couple of days ago and discussed it then. So it looks like everything is in order to pull that race off. There'll just be some like COVID modifications, but um, it is happening with the same course that we just described. That is excellent. So you're going to make me put my put my money where my mouth is, is what you're saying, huh? Well, either that or you got to run the Cayuga 50 mile. <laughs> if you if you finish that, I'll give you a break on tortoise. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I've uh, I've finished that Cayuga uh, 50 mile, um, and I was a different person after. After I crossed that finish line the second time, I was a different person. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's it's not super hilly there, but the thing that the thing about that race, like I'm actually signed up to run it again because uh, I just can't get enough of that one. Um, there's just so much varied terrain and like a lot of rolling hills. Um, so like some of it you're on single track, some of it's like wider double track, some of it's technical, some of it's smooth get a little bit of park roads. You got some really steep hills like going up Lickbrook where it's like 20, 25% grade for like half a mile. Um, and then of course you got all the, the stairs like at the, st- the state parks and those, like it's hard to train for those stairs. And um, that seems to be like what breaks, like that's what like makes people break and like really gives them a tough time. Yeah, it's the thing about those stairs that's difficult is they're not they're not stairs, right? They are old flat spots in the ground with like um, cement rocks or wooden, you know, rail ties. And they're at so many different like levels and they're just they're not stairs like they are part of the terrain that you're dealing with. They're like. You know, they're they're their own geography, I guess, or something like that. So you can't get a decent pace. It's not like, oh, I got to take big steps up this or, oh, I got to take small steps or, you know, even steps. So it's, it's just it's your cadence is weird and you're doing sometimes you're doing what feels like bo- box jumps and, you know, like. Yeah. It's hard because you have to keep in that race. You have to keep changing gears. Like if you want to have a good run, like you have to run on the parts that are runnable. And it's way too easy to start off to start off uh, too fast, like in the first 10 miles or so. 
Yeah. And I will say there, there are some steps, right? There's Lucifer's steps, which are like, they come at the most perfect times in, in the race, you know, you're just, but if you're on, the, if you're running the race and you haven't run it before and you're like, you're joining because of this conversation or it's going to be your first time when you're on Lucifer's steps and you're in the pain cave and all you're doing is grabbing your quads and holding on to your legs, trying to like get yourself up the stairs, stop for a minute and turn around and look behind you. Cause that, that's the reason why you're running the race is like the, that kind of view right there, that gorge. And it, you know, it gives you a reason to stop walking up the steps for a minute. <laughs> the first year I ran uh, Cayuga Trails, uh, 2014. And I, I, that year, like the course has changed a little bit, like from year to year, but that year you go up those stairs for the second time at about mile 45. And I was, um, maybe a third of the way up and I just gave up and sat down. I was like, Oh, this is it. Like, I can't go on. Like I came this far. I'm not going to finish, but there was like really nowhere to drop between there and the finish. So I'm, I sat down. I just like didn't move for a while. It was like people went up the stairs, like passing me and I got up and I go, all right, I'm going to do it. I walk up like another 10 or 20 steps and I sit down again and like, um, same thing. And then it t- probably took me a good, like 15 minutes to go up this one, this single staircase. Um, and then after I got to the last, last aid station, I had like three miles to go and I was like, all right, yeah, I can't job now. I just, I'm 47 miles in. I'm definitely going to finish. <laughs> well, you had it, you had it uh, lucky then. Cause in mine, <laughs> I was at the same place and I was feeling the same garbage way. And when I was in the like, oh man, I'm just going to, I'm going to lean up against this wall and have a break. Um, yeah. Scotty Jacob comes running up behind me and he's like, Hey man, Hey, you look good. Come on, let's go. And I'm like, Oh, okay, let's go. He's like, yeah, you look good. Uh, I'm like, you are the world's worst liar, but, uh, you know, dragged me up the, dragged me up those steps. So, uh, you know, he just, he, it's not like he, uh, patted me on my butt and held my hand. He was just like, let's go, you know? So just follow him up the stairs, I guess, and get going again. And you finish, right? Then you, then you finish. Cause you made yeah. it up those damn steps. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good, good, good race. Lots of fun there. I mean, as I mentioned, the, uh, you know, you got to cross the start line and then you come back to it and it's the finish line. Only it's not your finish line. You're turning right back around and going out again. Yeah. The trick there is to um, not have a drop back and just get in and out as you can. Cause then as soon as you're like a couple of minutes out of the aid station, you're like, well, it's not worth, I want to drop, but it's not worth walking back now. So I might as well keep going for the next 25 miles. <laughs> I might as well go up this giant hill again. <laughs> Yeah. At least that's my my mentality. Every time I run that race, I just run in and I down a couple of shots of soda and then I take off. Yeah, no time no time for chat. Just get get out. Yeah, yeah like, like I'll take like time more like at the other aid stations, but like for that one, I don't want to like get sucked into it or like be tempted to sit down or whatever. I I love how you say you get you get a couple a couple miles out. And you're like, oh, a couple, couple yeah. minutes out. Yeah, you get a couple minutes away, and it's easier to go forward for 25 miles than it is to go back a couple hundred yards. <laughs> well, you got to tell yourself that. And, you know, if you keep lying to yourself enough, eventually you'll believe it or it'll become the truth. Eventually, 25 miles will pass, and you'll have forgotten about that particular time you wanted to drop. You'll remember all the other ones. <laughs> yeah. And then you look forward to registration opening for the next year. 
Yeah. And you say, uh, then you sit by and every time somebody finishes, you say, uh, you know, good job. Uh, ready to do it again. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I do like, I do like Cayuga quite a bit. So, um, and Cayuga was one of the races that did happen last year, right? It did. Yeah. Um, I know there was, he, Ian had a lot of setbacks with it where he had to move the date from, I think May and, up to July and then uh, had to cut down on the field sides. And then eventually this, the parks or New York state told him he couldn't have anyone from out of state run. Mm-hmm. So that cut, cut down the roster like a lot. Yeah. And then it was also like 90 degrees that day. So people were dropping like flies. Yeah, I did get, I did get a report. My, my, uh, my buddy ran it and he said, you know, he wasn't going to run it. Cause he wasn't, he wasn't into it at that point. And then when it became a New York only, he felt a little bit better about it. And he, then he saw how small the field was and he was like, yeah, I can definitely do it. You know, I feel good about what Ian's put in place and, uh, there's enough people. It's a big enough course, et cetera. And he gave me uh, glowing reviews. He said he had a great time. And you know, one of the things that I'm slightly jealous of is uh, everybody got to camp right at the start line, you know, or around the start line. So like you don't get to do that in a normal Cayuga, right? Like, so that's pretty cool. You know, a little unique uh, thing for that year. Yeah. um, Yeah. So uh, what do you want to chat about now, man? What, what have we not covered? We've talked about our favorite races. Let's uh, let's get into uh, this day and age, what you're doing um, how's running going for you lately? Um, well, I, ever since, um, last fall, I've actually like had a, been getting in like really good shape. I've had a great, like good train, like a good solid training block since like September. Uh, just putting in like consistent, like quality mileage instead of, you know, slopping around on trails and like sleeping poorly every night. Um, I know I had a kind of a rough, rough patch that year, like in the first half of the pandemic and then having kids and having to, um, get up every two hours or so to, to feed and change the kids when they were like three months old. Um, but, um, then starting around September, like I just found a groove and I've been running pretty well since there just haven't been, uh, really any races to do. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's the story, story of the year, right? But, uh, yeah, I mean, I did a, Ithaca has a, a small snowshoe race every February, and I did that this year. It was almost a year to the day since my last in-person race. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been, you know, I did a lot of like quality, like tempo runs and intervals and things on the roads throughout the winter, like as long as it wasn't too uh, icy. And then as soon as the trails dried out, I hopped on the trails and I've been doing the same kind of things there. And I'm, uh, I think I'm in pretty good shape right now. Like best shape I've been in in years. Yeah. I mean, you seem like it. You've been, you're, uh, you're like most days, it looks like you're going out for, you know, eight miles in an hour, you know, like you're getting your, your, your regular days are like eight miles. And what do you say? You've been up around like 50 mile weeks or so, maybe more. Um, 50 to 65. Usually I'm, Right now I'm trying to keep it around 60, but then sometimes like things happen and I miss a run here and there. So it's not uh, like consistently at 60. Um, but I've noticed like even doing like easy pace runs, like my pace is faster now than it was, you know, in a long time without 
feeling like I'm even exerting myself at all. So that's how I know that this is working. Yeah, yeah. Now, are you subscribing to a uh, specific training plan or are you just um, trying to go, you know, build up for three weeks and take a week back or whatever? No, I'm not following any kind of training plan at all or even like I pretty much just run how I feel like running, I guess. Um, I don't even do like every third week, like a step back week, because as it turns out, like usually I get busy with the kids or something like every couple of weeks or I work extra hours. So then it cuts down on the running time. So whenever that happens like that, by default, is my step back week. Okay. Um, yeah. So like none of this is really like planned out all that well. Um, then we do have like certain like training like principles of training that I kind of follow, like trying to do like, you know, a couple of tempo runs in a week or like certain intervals, um, you know, like, um, go, I'll go out, I'll run for two hours and do like three by two miles at, at like a tempo interval with like, you know, half a mile recovery in between or something like that. But even that's like not really set in stone ever. Right. So you're, you're not doing anything specific, but um, you, you're sort of, you remember what it's like to train. So maybe on a certain day you'll be like, oh, I'll push it a little bit more just cause, and you know, I haven't pushed it in a while. I'll push it today. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Or like Strava kind of motivates me with that. Like I'll be I'll think like, okay, I'm going to go run this eight mile loop. And like on this segment and that segment, I'll run hard and see if I can like beat my previous best time or whatever. And then it turns into like, you know, a mile at like 10 K effort on single track or whatever the case. Yeah. Um, I remember when I used to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then another thing is, uh, I've been doing is, uh, the finger legs runners club has this like year long, like virtual challenge called the FLRC. It's called the FLRC challenge. And what it is, is, um, 10 different set courses. Um, you can run, uh, you can run whenever you, like you can basically you can run them whenever you want and then submit your submit your times through a uh an app and there's like a leaderboard with um you know saying like who ran like the fastest time and like who has the fastest average time and like most completions of each course and most overall mileage for the whole thing so some of like and then like there's gonna be like awards and like like real awards like gift cards and things at the end of the year when this whole challenge wraps up so some are performance based, like, you know, for the fastest average or whatever. And then some of the awards will be like for most completions of a course or most overall mileage um, for the entire challenge. So I've been running these courses like as workouts just to see how fast I can do them and how I stack up compared to like other other people that are like around my fitness level. So that's been like, I know I'm not going to win like any of the any of these races outright, but that's motivation like for me to do more like quality running. You're totally burying the lead, Pete. I just went out there. You are second in most points and first in most miles. So the most mileage mileage I've been in for a while just because I've done a lot of my training runs on these courses. Uh the reason I'm second in most points is because not everybody has run all the courses yet. Yeah. So it's like you get you get so many points for each course based on like your percentage based on your time compared to like the overall winner's time. Um, so I think I've ran like eight, I've run like eight out of the 10 courses or something, but some people have only run like 
four or five, six courses. And I know they're faster than me, but they haven't done them all. So I don't have as many points yet. And the max you can get is like, you know, a hundred per course. So like a thousand would be the total, mm-hmm. the total well, uh, number of points you can get. You got to, you got to chase down this Adam Pakchak kid. It looks like. That's not going to happen. He's a former <laughs> all American and something. And I have no business trying to keep up with him. <laughs> I don't know. You're right there. You're right there with him. Oh, that's cool. I love this. I think this is awesome. This is probably the coolest thing I've heard about this year. Wow. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just one note, like, of the 10 courses, there's it varied in terrain, too. So, like, four of them are on roads, and there's two rail trail that's, like, grab, crushed gravel or packed dirt, and then the other four are all uh, trail courses, like, that are part of established races already. So, like, you mentioned the Tom B and the Tortoise and the Hare before. Those are two of them. Yeah, and there's uh, teams too. What's that all about? Um, so the team aspect is like an eight. It's like age graded performance, like per age group. Okay. Um, so everybody that's like, you know, if you're a male, like age thirty to thirty nine, I think you're all on the same team, and then it's there's like an age graded average for each person on the team, and then it gets compared with you know women age fifty to fifty nine, and so on. Mm. So that way, like everybody's, it's a way to like, um, get everybody to like compete directly. I don't know the formula of how that works, but, um, that's the idea. The tortoise and the hare is on here. So I'll get myself some, uh, some points when I run it. Yeah, you will. Oh man. That's pretty good. If you, if you, if you register for the challenge. Well, I'm totally gunning now. Sign up for it. Yeah. Oh, Anna, I got to get my I got to get my four points. <laughs> well, you got to come down nine more times so you can run all the courses. Yeah, well, I I don't think I've run all these courses. I've run Danby, I've run Tortoise and the Hare, I've run Tom B, um, Black Diamond. I think I was on the Skunk Cabbage Trail, but I don't I don't I didn't actually run the race proper. Well, that's a road race. It's a half marathon on roads. I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad about roads. I've been doing some miles on the roads lately. Yeah. No. Okay. (laughs) I have. I mean, that you know, skunk cabbage. You know, they should call it. You know, something else. You feel like those two things imply trail run, but I get it. I get it. I know where your head was. Well, there's skunk cabbage plants along the course. I get it. I get it. You know, it's no forest frolic in terms of its naming, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, this is really cool. I'm kind of excited about this. I'm gonna be watching this now. I'm gonna I'm gonna open it up every morning and see what else you did. <laughs> um, one of the uh, things I'm gonna do, like as a personal challenge, is uh, I knew all ten courses, com- the distance combined, adds up to just over a hundred k. So I'm going to try to do all of them in a single day and uh, see how that goes. As soon as you said one of the personal challenges, I go, oh, he's going to run all 10 of these. I knew it. Yeah. I just knew it. That's uh, yeah. That's, that's something I've been planning for a while, although I won't be able to do it until probably sometime in June. Uh, but a friend of mine, uh, when he saw the, the um, like registration was open for the challenge, a friend of mine commented on Instagram, like, oh, it's 100K, like, who's going to be the first one to do it in a day. And so that was how I got the idea. And then I mentioned it to the race director and he actually made it into a thing. So now he's, he's like promoting it. Like as the FLRC ultra challenge is like another aspect of this. Mm-hmm. So now there's going to be special awards for anyone that can do the whole thing in under 24 hours. 
Oh, 24 hours. That seems tough. I mean, there's commuting in between these things. Exactly. You have to drive. There's probably a good 30, 40 miles of driving in between the courses. Yeah. Wow. All right. All right. So in addition to these uh, tempo efforts and these little uh, 10K courses um, and half marathon courses, you are dropping 50Ks too, like it's your job all of a sudden. Um, done maybe done that maybe twice since the start of the year. Yeah, uh, uh, definitely not my main job, but side gig. I don't know. Maybe. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I, it, you've done, you've, uh, I don't know. I think what you did one last week, the one that I noticed, which was the four hours, eight minutes, but you did one back in March too, right? Like, um, yeah, I think it was middle of February. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to see, I hadn't, done any races like in a long time i just wanted to see where my fitness was at and try to run like a flat and fast 50k so i did like kind of my own time trial back in february on the um just running around on the waterfront trail which is like a pay a flat paved bike path around ithaca so i just did like a few loops and out and backs on there until i got to 31 miles on my watch uh and then I think I did that in about 4.16 or 4.17. Um, and I was like, well, I know I can do better when the weather isn't so crummy. Because like there was some ice and snow on the path and it was like 20 degrees. So then two months later, uh, which was actually this past weekend, I did another crack at it, at doing a couple out and backs on the Black Diamond Trail with the goal of trying to break four hours. Uh, I didn't quite get there, but I was still pretty happy with the result. Yeah, but you did. An, uh, I don't know if maybe you uh, pushed it out of your mind, but you did. I'm, I'm looking here. You did because this was the first one I noticed. Uh, March 29th, you did one. You did 50K. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, was actually, you know, I forgot about that. I was going <laughs> to actually do my – so this time trial that I just did this past weekend, I was going to do that on March 29th because that was a day my kids were in daycare and I was off from work. So I was like, Oh, Hey, this will be perfect. And then, you know, the trails will dry out and I can stop running on roads. I can just keep running on single track for a while. Uh, but then we ended up having like a pretty, some pretty nasty weather that week. So like there was, there was like snow and ice and slush, like on the, like on the rail trails and everything. So I was like, no, nah, I'll just go ramble around on some single track for the day instead. So I went on, I did a, a trail loop that I hadn't done in a while. Uh, I think I did about 30 miles that day. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just yeah. for giggles. So that's what I was saying. You did two of them in two weeks. So you're definitely fit. You're red to go. The first one, I, there wasn't any agenda. I was just out there slopping around in some slush for six or seven hours. <laughs> uh, but, but then the more recent one, like, like I said, I tried to pace myself evenly so I could crack four hours. And I think I was like, 407 something which is pretty darn good for like uh you know you're not following a training plan you had nobody pushing you you know you were doing your doing your thing but that was uh like you know you were like well i i thought i could do it and you know 405 is to me that's that's doing it unsupported <laughs> with really no like you know, like i said nobody pushing you no one you know, all you had was your own motivation and your own time. That's pretty good. How'd you feel? Pretty good, actually. Um, so I met my, like my when I did that run, my like B goal, I guess so to speak, was to break four oh eight because for thirty one miles that would be like a sub eight minute 
average pace. So I was still pretty happy with like the 407, uh, whatever it was, how many, however many seconds. Uh, and then two days later, I took two days later, I was like running like normal again. And by Wednesday, I felt 100% recovered. So, um, like I said, like training has been going really well, and that includes uh, recovering from harder efforts like that. Right. So you are you are ready for uh, race season. So you're going to do all the the Finger Lakes races, right? All the FLRCs. That's kind of a given for you. Um, I'll do as many as I can. Um, yeah, actually, the next race I have coming up is uh, a week from tomorrow. I'm doing the Heiner 50k. Um, so that's what Saturday, May or Saturday, March or April 24th. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, pause for, uh, you know, recovery and, uh, you just ran a 50 K. So, you know, you know, you got a uh, time on feet, <laughs> six, yeah. six hours, seven hours slopping around in the mud. will get you, uh, get you some confidence, right? Yeah. That's why I did that. The run that day it was just, uh, getting a lot of big hills like on that route. Yeah. Have um, you done Heiner before? No, I never have. Um, I actually signed up for this like almost two years ago. Whoa. So, um, cause I wanted to, I wanted to, I signed up like so Heiner is like a really popular race yeah. and like, they hold it every year in April. And then I think May 1st, like right after the race is when it opens again for the next year. So I signed up on like May 1st of 2019 to run it in 2020. And I think I was even too late. I was on the wait list for a couple of weeks and then they let me in. Um, and then a couple of months after that, we found out that, you know, my wife was pregnant with twins, uh, due in, um, in March of the next year. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm not going to be doing Heiner then, uh, leaving her with them when they're like a month old. Um, and, you know, and then COVID came along and, uh, so the race got canceled anyway. So I ended up getting a deferred entry to 21, 21. So now I'm able to do it this year. Yeah. That's, um, that's down in uh, Matt Lipsy's territory, right? I believe so. Somewhere in like rural central Pennsylvania. Yeah. So that's cool. I know he's pretty much a, a annual there, right? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't I don't know him too well, but I know he has done well there before. Yeah, I, I think so. I think uh at least I mean that's sort of what I knew where how I heard his name was down there running running Heiner and those kinds of trails. Let me see. Let's pull up in the internet machine. Yeah, look how right I am. I love it when I'm right. Matt Lipsy, uh, 17, 18, uh, 16, 17, 18, and 19, he won. Oh, and 15. He's got uh, five of the top uh, 12, 10 times here. Um, There's in the 25K, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah you got a couple, uh, couple Zach Millers in here, a couple David Roaches in here. Yeah, know. that were. That 25K used to be part of a series called the La Sportiva Cup. And I think there were like, I don't know, six or seven races as part of that series, like around the country. And it was, you know, sponsored by La Sportiva. It was like a pretty, a pretty big company. And I think there was like some pretty good cash prizes to go along with it. Yeah. So that drew in like a lot of competition from all over the country. And that's why like all these top level runners were running it. But I think that series has been discontinued. So it's no longer... It's no longer part of the race. Yeah, well, I guess that shows because, I mean, well, you know, Zach Zach Miller's got the best time in in uh, twenty eighteen with a two oh six. So yeah, I think he lives down that way, or he's originally from that way. Yeah, um, you feel like you'll like be you feel like you'll be somewhere. 
You'll be somewhere around 204, 205, something like that for the for the 50K. <laughs> Him or me? No, you. Uh, I mean, so so me. I'm looking at the, the 50K times is uh, 432. Not so bad, Michael Daguan. Not too bad. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. For a 50K. Yeehaw. So that's cool. So Heiner, that's great. Next week. Actually, that's on... Uh, nope, that's not the day. I'm looking at the wrong day. Um, yeah, so that's next week, two weeks. What did you say? Uh, a week from tomorrow. Like yeah. it's Friday yeah, night while we're recording. So like a week, a week from now, I'll be packing my bags and trying to get to bed early. Yeah, we don't we don't tell people when we're recording this show. We don't we don't let that news out. Nobody knows. No. <laughs> Right, we'll edit that, edit that part out then. Yeah, there's no editing on this show either. That's another oh. thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's, whatever's in the show is in the show. You know, you say it, I spray it. That's the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I'm, I'm happy for you, man. You got these, you got these little babies. You got some good training going. You got some good work going. Everything's coming up. Kreesak, huh? Yeah. For the most part. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Um, my big race then for this year, like, like the big one that like, I'm really going to be gearing up for is the Virgil crest 100 because Ian's bringing that back this year in September. Um, so that's going to be my main focus between now and then. Yeah. That's where I was going to go next is, you know, um, it's on September 11th and twisted will most likely be August 21st or 22nd. So you're going to get in a, a pretty uh, brutal 100K, um, you know, three weeks before a 100 miler. You think, yeah, I mean, you, you're fine, right? That's fine. Um, yeah, um, if I don't go, like, if I don't try to, like, go all out at Twisted Branch or anything, which I know uh, even just completing that race is, like, a big challenge in itself. Uh, but hopefully I'll be able to, like, uh, I don't know, somehow take it easy enough that I can recover pretty quickly and be ready for Virgil after three weeks. <laughs> I guess we'll see what happens. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to do a lot, right? <laughs> as bi- as uh-huh. many as many as what our community considers a lot. I think there will be a number of people who are going to do both Twisted and Virgil. Well, when, yeah, when Ian announced he was bringing Virgil back, like it was just too good to pass up given that it might only be a, it might only be a one-off. Like, I guess we don't know, like if he's going to continue it every year or just have it this year and then, uh, take a break again. I don't know. I know. I know. Trust me. It's, you know, there's, I don't have a whole lot of FOMO in my life, but one was that I never did get to run Virgil. Um, and, and by, by, when I say get to, I I had no business uh, in 2015, I I ran my first twisted branch, right. Which was the last virtual. Right. So it wasn't, it wasn't like, I was like, Oh, you know, I long to run Virgil crest. Cause like I was learning about ultras the two years before that. Right. And starting to understand what they were and that they even existed, you know, and it was something that I was working my way towards. So it wasn't like I had this wish for Virgil, but a lot of people I know ran Virgil that year, you know, and, um, then it was like, Oh yeah, it's all done. And everybody was like, Oh, that's a bummer. And I was like, yeah, that's totally a bummer because you all ran it last year and we could have all done it this year and I would have had a lot of fun, you know? 
2015 Virgil Cross, that was uh, that was my first hundred miler, and that was the whole weekend was like a life changing experience. And I was so bummed then when uh, not long after he um, said that he wouldn't be bringing it back. So that what that makes it like extra special uh, to be able to do it this year. Yeah, to go back to your first your first hundred, huh? Yeah. Yeah, September. Uh, yeah, September 11th. So it's gonna probably be three weeks after Twisted. It'll be good. You'll be you'll be warmed up. You know. Um. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And after that, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of I see a lot of names here. Lots of names. I don't want to throw any of them under the bus, but <laughs> I see lots of names out here. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good runners on there. Um, I think everybody just must to get in on him in case it's, this is the like the last last running of Virgil. So tell me about this Virgil. Tell tell everybody what they're missing if they don't go to this Virgil course. Um, so Virgil Crest, uh, Ian Golden uh, here in Ithaca, he started that race in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, I think. Uh, it's like a fifty mile and hundred mile ultra, and I think at the time is one of the only if not the only hundred miler in New York, or at least in upstate New York. And uh, the thing that's so memorable about that race is that it goes, um, you do several up and downs on the ski slopes at Greek peak. So you're basically hiking, like trying to hike straight up a ski slope, but you know, it's exposed, you're under the sun, no tree cover. And then you come down a different ski slope, turn right around and go back up a different way. And you basically do that like three times in a row. And the course is an out and back. So then you come back through and you do it again, the other direction. And I think there's well over 20,000 feet of, uh, of vertical gain, like in the entire hundred. Um, and also there's a, <laughs> there's a saying, uh, that it never rains at Virgil Crest, which of course is tongue in cheek, uh, because it always rains at Virgil Crest, which uh, leads to the high drop rate in the middle of the night when uh, everybody's tired of slogging around on ski slopes and a downpour. I've heard it's never rained at Virgil Crest. I've seen pictures of sunny mm-hmm. skies. So, yeah. <laughs> um, wow. But it's, it's a cool community. Like everybody in Ithaca, like or like pretty much every trail runner on Ithaca, like gets involved with it in some capacity, whether they're, you know, running it, volunteering, crewing, pacing, or just going to, you know, watch their friends and cheer people on. Um, so the race like kind of has, you know, so to speak, like it has a, a cult following. And um, I think a lot of people here are excited that it's returning. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's that's, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, that's the, that's where you want to, those are fun weekends, right? It's like, let's get together and, and beat ourselves up and hang out and have a nice, fun, positive, you know, cool weekend in it. Like I tried to explain this, you know, the, the ultra, ah, it's so hard to explain the ultra scene to people because people, you know, the first, if, if they don't know about it, the first thing they think is, Oh, I can't run that far. Uh, why would you run that far? I don't get it, right? But but for some of these, the running is is the thing. It's the activity that everybody's doing. But there's so much that goes around it. You know, like people that go to crocheting conventions, they're not like, oh, I can't crochet all weekend. Right. You know, like that's... You're that's not, the environment, the yeah. people, the 
the memories of the experience. Um, and also like, it's not the, um, it's not, I just say it's like, it's the process of getting there, like all the training, all the work that goes into a race like that. Like, you know, you have to put in a lot of training time to have any reasonable to like reasonably expect to be able to finish it. Like that, like Virgil grocery, even any ultra or any race really, like if you're new to running, um, and that can be life changing, you know, like if you, if it causes you to, um, have a healthier lifestyle, maybe you start eating better or like get your kids involved or whatever the case, like it can be life changing. And I think that's one of the reasons like a lot of people are drawn to ultra marathons. Um, it's because of that. Yeah, I agree, man, boy, Pete, it's good to talk to you. <laughs> Good to chat about running and stuff, huh? Yeah, it's been too long. Um, um, yeah, like as far as like like running goes, like I've only run with other people since, uh, maybe two, three times since like before my kids were born. <laughs> it's been like, yeah, it's probably a good 15 months since um, I really like participated in any group runs or even like any kind of conversations like this about running. So um, yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah. I, um, I went, uh, I, the past couple of weeks I've been going to like, uh, you know, we have the brewery, uh, group runs. And so Rochester running company has one at three heads. And then there's another running group that runs at a lost borough. Um, so I've been like, you know, I, I, I've been, I went out when we could have the outdoor runs, right. And you, everybody could be far enough apart. I went to a few this past couple of weeks and it just, just felt good, you know? Yeah, um, I haven't done too much of that lately, aside from the um, Ithaca snowshoe race in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so it's going to like, it's probably going to like blow my mind when I go to Heiner and there's like all these people there. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've been checking up on that, like to make sure it's going to be like, you know, what I think is like COVID safe and everything. And I think it'll be fine. Um I'm fully vaccinated, so I'm not really that worried about it. And there's no longer like, there's no like travel restrictions from returning to New York from spending a day in Pennsylvania. So I think that'll go okay. But then I don't know if I'm going to get like, um, it's just going to be weird, like being around that many, like other trail runners all at the same time. Yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, weird. Um, And like I said, like, I've been trying to, uh, you know, respect what people want to do. Do people, if people want to stay, I'm not like, Hey, come on, you got to get out. It's been a long time. But if people are yeah. out, if people are out, then, you know, I'm, uh, I went to a group run and there were a couple of people and you know, that's cool. You know? Yeah. So it was fun. Um, so, you know, and with the, with the no pressure, no stress offer, if we happen to be in each other's town, um, I think we're obliged to give a call though. I think we got, we got to, you know, break that barrier. If, if I happen to be down in Ithaca or you happen to be in Rochester, I think there's mm-hmm. that then, then you've already gone all the way. Right. So. Yeah, that's right. I remember, uh, it was a January of last year. I came up and I ran around like your entire city and forgot to let you know in advance that I was coming up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just the entire, uh, entire city of Rochester. That's fine. That's fine. No, so I had to go up there to take a continuing education test, a continuing ed test at this testing center. Uh, it was required, like, for my uh, x-ray tech license. Um, 
So I went up there. I scheduled it for like eight o'clock in the morning. I left super early, uh, breezed through the test. And then I was like on the canal path by like 1030 and I had the whole day in front of me. So I'm just like, all right, I'm going to go do this loop, um, like on that Genesee river greenway or whatever it's called. Like that goes around the middle of the city. Cause like, I'd never actually been in like the heart of the city in Rochester, like to really do anything before. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go run around this and see what's there. And then I ended up doing this whole loop, like up one side of the river, crossing over and running down the other side. Like I yeah. had no idea that you had those huge waterfalls, like right in the middle of the town. Isn't that cool? High falls. That's, yeah. that's where uh, the, the Jenny brewery is right there too. Yeah. I didn't know about any of that. I was just like, all right, I'm going to go run this yeah. way and see what's there. And it was pretty cool. Yeah, High Falls is High Falls is a nice little area, um, and yeah, that uh, running up and down the the canal and the the riverway trails is, um, you know, it's a it's a good way to actually get some safe miles in the winter too. If you're kind of a road runner, because uh, you know, I mean, if you put on trail shoes, it's flat, and you know, you don't have cars yeah. and you don't have cars and slush, and you are in the middle of the city, so it's you know, a nice little area. It's, I mean, it's no beast of burden, you know, don't get me wrong, but. <laughs> well, this was also a beast of burden training run. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I did the beast 100 last year too. And I think this was like the last of like my long runs training for that. Yeah. How many, how many hundred milers do you have right now? Uh, I think I've done six. Yeah. I've done one a year for like six years in a row. Nice. One um, a year. Nice and reasonable. So that was actually, so that's the reason I did the winter beast of burden last year. Cause I was like, well, but you know, my kids are coming like, um, by that time we knew that they would be there like at the end of February. So I was like, well, I can probably do this one, like the very beginning of February. And then I don't know when, if ever I'll get to do a hundred miles again. So like, you know, beast of burden was like the only option I had. So I was like, all right, I've done the 50 a couple of times. I guess I'll just all in. I'm going to do the hundred here. So, um, so I did that and, you know, and then, uh, and then COVID hit and then I didn't run another organized race for another year. I know there's a few people I know that, uh, or that I've talked to recently that really, they need the races. They want the races. They, they gotta have the races. It's like, it's a big thing missing. And, you know, for me, I don't realize how much I miss it because I don't go out on the internet. Right. So I'm not, I'm not on social media. Like most people will know this now. Right. I don't go on Facebook. I haven't been on Facebook in almost two years. Um, and, uh, Instagram probably like, you know, six months or something at this point. And yeah. so I just, I don't see what anybody's doing. So I don't really miss it. Cause I just get like into my life and then like something will hit me, you know, and somebody will, I'll, I'll talk to somebody or somebody will say something and I'll be like, ah, oh, man, that's right all that stuff and it just like floods into me all at once and i'm like oh so um yeah i mean i definitely miss that aspect of it too and now that i have kids i can't just be like oh hey Haley, i'm gonna like go run this 50k and then like hang out and you know in rochester for the day i'll be home sometime before bed like i can't do that anymore and that for a few years like i had that luxury or i could just be like oh i'm gonna go I could tell her like, you know, Friday night, like, Oh, tomorrow I'm going to like spend the day volunteering, like at an aid station at this other race. And she's like, okay, fine. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Times are different. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Summer brought the kids to my twisted branch and lugged them around from aid station to aid station all day. And they were five years old, you know, and like, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that she had an ultra that day too. That's for sure. I look forward to like when our kids, when, when uh, my wife and I, when our kids are a little bit older and they can come to the races and like somewhat enjoy it, you know, like just the local ones, like they could be there at the finish line at Cayuga trails or something. And, you know, and then hang out and play with other kids while I walk around, like, you know, with blisters and my stiff legs. Yeah. I always thought, I always think it's going to be that way. And, and it, it's just, it, it sort of never has. I mean, after Sega Honda one year, they, they were in a play mode and that's one where I finished, you know, early enough, you know, it's not an ultra. So, you know, um, a reasonable amount of time in the day and nice day, but at Sega Honda, um, they, there was one slide and it was like a 20 foot tall, like metal, you know, take your teeth out slide, you know? <laughs> so they, they played for like five minutes and then I was like, uh, let's go. Cause you guys are going to hurt yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's why, that's why it'd be better to do it. Like a, like a hometown race, like a like a, you good trails. Cause like they, there's other people here that we would know. And like, you can be home in 10 minutes, um, if they get bored or something, but um, yeah, it'd be fun though, like to finish a race like that and have them right there, like cheering for me in the last hundred meters. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it'll be great. It'll be a great feeling just like it will be when we meet up Pete. And I, when I come run around your town, I will let you know that I'm there. Yeah. sounds great. Uh, maybe I can show you around some trails you haven't been on yet. Yeah. I got to get my FLRC, um, challenge miles, you know? Oh, well, you can come down and you can run the ultra challenge challenge with me, you know, 24 hours to do a hundred K. Like I think anybody could do that. If I do that, then I'd have to sign up for Virgil hundred, you know, I'd have to. Obviously. I mean, why else would I try to goad you into doing this? <laughs> All right, bud. Well, it has been great to talk with you and, um, you know, I put a whole bunch of links of everything we're talking about in the show notes. So then people can stalk you on Strava and watch all your adventures. And, um, <laughs> thanks for all the work you do with FLRC and, uh, take care of them babies and that wife of yours, man. Yeah. Thanks. Good talking to you today. Um, and again, like I'm honored that you would have me on the podcast for your big, uh, triumphant return to, uh, <laughs> the podcasting world. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, let me know when you're down as I look forward to running with you or bumping into you at a race or whatever the case. Yeah, thanks for helping with, uh, with the encouragement and the reboot. So uh, take care, man. All right, yeah, you too. Thanks. Right, bye. Well, there you have it. Boy, that was good. You know, it's just, it's kind of like just when you, when you first get running, you know, that, that first mile or two is a little bumpy and then once you get into it you get flowing and it just uh feels good you remember why you do this stuff you know so yeah hope you enjoyed the uh chat with pete that is uh that's how we do it around here we just chat we talk about running with our friends sometimes we talk about star wars uh who knows you know uh speaking of that many of you know my uh feelings on social media much to the detriment of building my brand or becoming an influencer, I don't, I don't love it, you know. And I guess the brand may never be built. Um, I don't know. Maybe it will. Tell your friends. That's all. Uh, 
So I pretty much don't use it. Um, and, uh, I don't love the big giant data harvesters and their, uh, subsequent data breaches. And I don't like the ads in my face and everything else. So, but I do love talking about running and seeing what my friends are doing and chatting with my friends online about running. And, uh, I think other people do. And, you know, they're, they're just, so, uh, in response, in an effort to provide an alternative to anybody who would like to avoid those places, but still wants to chat about running, uh, I've started a new website. No, I'm not trying to replace those other places, but provide an alternative. Um, so it's an old school message board, you know, a discourse forum, but, uh, no ads, no spam, no influencers, no harvesting your information, no tracking, none of that stuff. Uh, just a fun and positive place for chatting about running. Uh, it's just getting started, you know, bootstrapping mode, if you will. Uh, so the people that should join now are people that want to build it up by generating conversations and providing feedback on the usability. And if you have experience in other discourse forums, maybe you want to try your hand at helping with the site administration. I don't want this to be my thing. I want it to be our thing. And that's why it's called ourrunning.chat. That's the URL, ourrunning.chat. Um, you know, and it's it's focused on groups and events. And so you'll see a group runs calendar and a races calendar and um, a trails forum and a roads forum and an other <laughs> nondescript forum for random, you know, and you go where you want and you read what you want and that's it. It's not an algorithmic timeline that chooses what you should see based on whatever you pick what you want. So anyways, uh, please join now if you're interested in being on the ground floor kicking the tires and helping to build it up. And if you're not, just wait until you hear how awesome it is and then uh, join later. So if you've listened this far and you're into it, check in the show notes and you'll find a link to join or email me at chris at runninginsideoutpodcast.com and uh, I'll hook you up. Other than that, uh, you know, it's definitely good to be back behind this here microphone uh, spouting random words into the into the void. And uh, thank you for catching those random words out of the void and putting them in your ears. If you stuck by and you're still subscribed to this podcast, you get a gold star and a big fat uh, hug someday. Um, and we're going to do one of these again. I don't really have a schedule yet, but we're going to do one again. Um, so hope you enjoyed this one and uh, we'll go from here. So thank you all for listening. You know, it's strange, but uh, I missed it. I missed all y'all. Even though y'all aren't uh, here right now with me, you know, you're still there and I still miss you. So uh, anyways, if you've heard this, uh, you, again, I keep saying, if you listen this far, whew, um, tell your friends, tell your friends it's back. It's back. Hey, there's a new one. And then he says there's even going to be more in the future. Woo. Um, thank you all for listening, subscribing and telling your friends. Thanks for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories. And until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved, and let go of what you've lost.
See you out there. Well, hopefully people didn't like just forget about it completely and then like nobody downloads it except my mom.